Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Thursday's episode of a Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler, and on this occasion, I am joined once again by Mr. Joel Sked. Hello. <laughs> you always seem to be surprised whenever like, I go to you at the start. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, was, I was interrupted for uh, the, the exact moment you, uh, you introduced me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, so Joel is joined once again, and as you probably guessed, it, especially if you read the show title, uh, we are once again uh, doing a top 12, uh, as we always do here at the Terrace, towards the end of the season. We've done goalkeepers, we've done fullbacks, now it's time for centre-backs. And a list that was very hard uh, to, to whittle down this one. And been fullbacks was a bit tricky to whittle down, but I still felt that there was kind of like a clear kind of line between yeah. kind of the top twelve and kind of others. There was maybe there was one or two we had a little bit of difference, and we kind of both had uh, kind of Steve O'Donnell in there as a kind of lifetime achievement award. But like for instance, you could very easily argue the same for Declan Gallagher getting in this top centre backs list as a lifetime achievement award, and I didn't do that. Because I was like, the, the competition is just too strong for centre-halves that I just can't have somebody who's been pretty shit all season uh, getting in the team. And also, unlike O'Donnell, Gallagher didn't play any part in the three most recent Scotland games. So he doesn't have as, as much of a strong case for me either. But there was no real, any kind of other players that was kind of possible to leave out. Uh, there's one particular Celtic player who's not played a lot this season but I think he'd played enough he, he played enough to get my uh, selection so we'll get to that later on did he get yeah, news I, well? yeah just, there's, there's, there's a lot for a lot of these players I think there was there's two or three who are kind of maybe three or four who are head and shoulders I think are, are real, real, real talents and then 
even just ordering them, I found really difficult because they're there's just there's there's just a lot of decent to good centre backs in, in Scottish football who are playing out with the the old farm and generally I could I've had a list of nineteen I think and then list of nineteen which I found it really difficult to to whittle down and fans of uh, f- fans of clubs could easily listen to this and think uh, I'm clueless or uh, argue argue against uh, argue against some of my choices but argue for other players to be in and you know what fair enough but uh, this is just this has been really difficult like the last. 20 minutes being stressing out trying to make up a top 12. Yeah, I found which it ultimately up. doesn't mean much. <laughs> but this is uh, this is for love of the, for love of the game, Joe, for love of the job. This is this is why we like it. Uh, this is why we put our, ourselves through the stress. Yeah, I was the same as you, but I didn't quite have 19, uh, and I found the most stressful part wasn't just trying to to whittle down to 12 was also trying to put those 12 in order because again, kind of like you, I think I, I set out a top four. You know, I got to my number five pick and I was looking like over about five different names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's a, there's somebody I've left in my top 12 who might have gotten into if I'd made myself make a tougher decision, but I figured you definitely have them, so I just left them out. <laughs> so I was like, you'll be covered in some way. Okay, I have a feeling, I feel like I know who this who this player is going to be. So when I wrote out, I wrote out three of the most obvious, sorry, four of the most obvious names, and then my fifth name down was Aaron Marsh from Hamlin because I really wanted to get him in. <laughs> He did not make it, but that, that's that's just because uh, I think I've, I've I think he's been a really good uh, really good player. I think uh, he has been really crucial to Hamilton, but he's simply just not as good as a lot of others. Yes, yeah, it, it was tough, very tough. Right, and let's get to that right now. Number twelve, I'll start. So this was between one of two teammates for me. I wanted to have one of the players in there, and. Um, Kind of the, the numbers in one of them stand out a bit more th- than the other, uh, but I've not gone for him. I've gone with more of the eye test. I've gone for more kind of fan reviews this season for what I've seen of them, and also I think there's a, there's a little bit of um, kind of mentor and uh, protege kind of uh, type relationship going on with these two. And so uh, I've gone with a mentor. So my number twelve, I've got Samirin centre half, Joe Shaughnessy. Okay, and I That's don't ha- I don't I, have I, had- I don't have Conor McCarthy. Okay, I was swithering between the two. I hadn't actually wrote. Uh, I'd actually written down uh, Joe Shaughnessy. I hadn't actually written him down on my long list, and then just because I was thinking, right, my one Samaritan centre back is going to be Conor McCarthy. But then, just because I've I've really enjoyed watching him, I think he's he's developed really well. I think, like you're also going to going to say, is that his development has been helped massively by the fact that Jim Goodwin has brought in uh, Joe Shaughnessy, who we've always been a big fan of on the podcast. And he actually, his stats were really, really good looking at them. So I'd actually picked Shaughnessy as number 11. But if you're going to pick Shaughnessy as 12, I'm going to go, I'm going to change minds and make Conor McCarthy number 11. Okay, fair enough. So I've got for Shaughnessy. So the reason, so you can speak more about McCarthy than when yeah. it comes to you. Uh, I've, I've stuck with Shaughnessy at 12. I think it's just for what I said. I think he's the he's the more cool head of the two. He's the more experienced one. He's the is he the captain? I'm sure he is. Yeah, he's the captain of the team. Uh, he's certainly the organizer. Yeah, yeah, the, the leader of the defence, uh, and he's the one to kind of look after McCarthy. McCarthy, I think he certainly does have a number of standout kind of qualities that have kind of uh, dwarfed Shaughnessy this season. But I think that 
Shaughnessy is just the one that's... McCarthy still looks a little raw at times, uh, and uh, Shaughnessy is just a bit more kind of polished in in the Scottish top flight, and somebody who doesn't really let you down. And I think think he's had a ridiculous number of appearances in in my team of the week this season as well. So yeah, I went from Shaughnessy at 12. Who's your number 12? My number 12 is Andrew Considine. Yep, that was the player I was talking about. Didn't make it my list, but uh, I figured he would make it on yours. Yeah, uh, I dash you out the list. I was like, oh, I've not got an Aberdeen player, uh, but I had Con- Constantine was on my uh, Constantine was on my long list. He has, I think, just he's should finally have settled as a centre back because he's obviously over years played numerous times as as a left back. But sort of sort of last season where he was for the most part Aberdeen's best centre back. And I would argue that's been the been the case uh, the case of game, despite his despite his uh, um, kind of progress his, his progress at left back. It's still his defensive qualities are are really really good. Despite his uh, size, he is good in the air. He's even better in the box defending in the air. He blocks shots. He's wins he wins these battles, which is key. But then there's also his his passing, which is probably uh, underrated. He's quite good at getting the ball in, in at the final third. He's probably underrated in terms of passing at the back. I think he's had uh, Aberdeen, despite sitting fourth, very few of their players have had a standout season. He's had a, a decent season, a solid season. Yeah, I think there's not really much to add to, to there. He's also good at, good at driving the ball forward as well, mm. as we've seen when, when he's played, especially when he's played at fullback. Or, he's been good played, enough to get a Scotland cap there. You yes, or played on the left of a three. He does foul a little bit too much uh, for my liking. Uh, you, it may seem like a nitpick, but if you foul an awful lot, you put your team under pressure. Uh, you invite balls at your penalty box because you're, when you're fouling, you're obviously going to be doing it, you know, most likely in your own half, uh, and that's a problem for him. And he doesn't. He also, by the same token, doesn't get fouled an awful lot by opponents. So he's putting his team under pressure and also not getting those pressure relieving moments by or winding up an opposing tacker mm. but uh, that's it's a little bit of a nitpick but other than that he's yeah he's, he's had a fine season uh, I do have an Aberdeen player uh, but I don't have Considine uh, and I'll go to my number 11 next which is not an Aberdeen player uh, it's a Celtic player I didn't think I was going to have him on but there's a lot to like about this young player even though I wasn't necessarily impressed to start with and that's Stephen Welsh yes okay so I had him for a bit and then just simply uh, there's there's other players I wanted to get in. I uh, you with the Scotsman you cover Celtic a lot, so you've seen him a lot more than me, which is kind of why I didn't didn't put him in just because I've certainly not seen enough of him. It's I think it says a lot that Celtic have handed him uh, such a such a big deal despite the next manager not coming in. So there's there's always that concern if he's going to be fancies, but. I do think there's uh, there, there's still a lot of potential there. Why why were you unsure you were going to put him in, but why did you eventually put him in? Okay, I'm sure why I'm putting him in and why he's figured, because he's had a, a certain categories where he has just absolutely stood out, and, and I can't believe uh, how well he's doing. But there are others uh, that are a wee bit concerning. Uh, firstly, this one is easy to see when you watch games. Uh, he's not very tall. He's not very mm. good in the air. And it's... Like, to, to to the extent that he is bad, like he's not just like weak in the air, he's quite poor. I think he's mm. aerial 
he's he wins his aerial duels just over fifty percent of the time, which is which not is, great for a centre back. No, uh, I mean it's like something like twenty percentage points less than his centre back partner. Put it that way, and he's just that lack of height and lack of aerial ability is something that, especially in Scotland or in British football, is he's likely to play for most of his career. I mean, he could go abroad if he wants, but think of his kind of future at Celtic. He's going to have to get better at that. At, at the very least, bump up to somewhere in the 60s. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he's just going to be too much of a kind of liability on that end. And it's just that playing for a club like Celtic, those kind of flaws in your game, if they are major flaws, will be... They'll be there for all to see. There won't be, there won't be secrets at all. Any opponent coming against you will know about it and will look to exploit it. And also as well, he's not too comfortable with the ball at his feet. His passing's not bad, actually. Uh, but he's... He never really moves with the ball. And I think, again, I, I, I think he can get away with a wee bit of Celtic because Ayer's always happy to move with the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he just doesn't at all. <laughs> like, like not whatsoever. Just never does it. Never, ever tries to attempt to, to run uh, around a, a forward player. And you think, well, what does that matter? He's a centre-half. It's yes, huge no. Celtic. Yeah, huge at Celtic. And yes, and no, and I always think the best centre-halves are ones that can step out of defence and contribute going forward as well, as well as kind of making sure that they don't give away anything cheap at the back. He's certainly given- so, so, sorry to interrupt on that, that, that part. I think it's a good, a good point because that is starting to become one of my most frustrating kind of aspects of watching football, especially this season, because having watched just about every single Hearts game, Hearts have a lot of the ball. And when a centre-back has the ball, has loads of space in front of them, and the other team are kind of set up rigidly, kind of let them have the ball. Why not drive? Yeah. Just why not drive and take that space? It, it's so frustrating. And uh, it, it, again, it, it's often often with uh, clubs who dominate the ball, like Celtic. So yeah, I said he's, his pass was quite good. He's In terms of his percentage pass to the final third, he's one of the best. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't give away a lot of fouls at all. And he gets fouled quite a lot himself. Uh, mm. I wonder if... I wonder if some of that is to do with his height. <laughs> he, finds it, he finds it hard to, to foul other forward. And, and any time they can engrace him, he goes over, so the referee blows the whistle. But even still, those are very impressive. Uh, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good strength to have. And also, he doesn't give a ball away an awful lot. He wins it back a, a lot more than I would have thought. And having watched a lot of Celtic games this season, he's just really consistent as well. He doesn't make mm. a lot of mistakes. And that's why he's managed to come into the team and keep his place over Shane Duffy, over near Beaton, two international defenders. I don't really rate Beaton as a defender, but he plays the defence for Israel. And he's came in ahead of both of them, kept his place because he's deserved to, because he's been better than both of them. And I think he was deservedly... I, I felt it was he was due being rewarded with a place in this team. So you're number 11. Conor McCarthy. Yeah, so I've, I've gone Conor McCarthy. Like, a lot of what you said about Shaughnessy it kind of falls in the same bracket as as, as as McCarthy. They're like the, even watching them like from a distance, I think it can be quite easy to get them mixed up. They're like the the, the Lee Carsley and Thomas Gravison of centre-backs. <laughs> I just, I, I think I think St Mirren have bought very, St Mirren's recruitment over the last few seasons has okay there's been there's been a lot of shit but uh, that's the case for every team in Scotland essentially but they've, they've, they've unearthed some absolute fantastic players uh, James I think McCarthy has got uh, so much to uh, so much potential 
you if you're you were looking for if you're looking for someone to come in and do a job for a season, Shaughnessy. But if you're looking to uh, purchase someone to progress, talent, make money off, you, you go McCarthy. I think he does the basics all competently as, as a defender. Could he be um, more progressive with the ball, perhaps? But in the Sibirian team, he provides them with exactly what you want. Wins his headers, intercepts, blocks. And he's one of the one of the more proactive blockers in the league. I mean, that comes down to the fact that he is playing for Sibirian, so of course he's going to have um, more shots to block than Welsh, for example. But uh, he's been asked to do it, and he does it. And again, he... Yeah, I think he, he strikes me as a very clean defender as well. Everything, uh, he never looks really looks panicked or unfazed, which as a fan watching that, it, it, it makes you feel more relaxed. Yeah, there was, there was a tough, a very tough decision to leave him out. I probably just, I probably would have had him 13th, 13th or 14th mm. uh, to extend the list a little further. My number 10. And this is going to be a, this is probably going to be a controversial choice, especially since he's on the bench right now, not even getting a game. <laughs> but I've, I'm refusing to sell my stock in this man. <laughs> I've, I had him on my top twelve last time. I think I've always had him in a top twelve. He has his, he has a lot of haters. He has a lot of people who think he's rubbish, including some of his own supporters. However, I think he gets a bad rap because of the few mistakes he does make. Because when he doesn't make these mistakes, he is a, an excellent. You're about half. to say Ash Taylor, aren't you? I am about to say Ash Taylor. <laughs> Did when I was writing out all the centre backs, I was going to consider. Uh, I wrote out Tommy Hoban, Andy Constein, and that was Aberdeen. <laughs> well, at number ten, Ash, Ashley Ashton Taylor. Name's not Ashley hell. Ashton Taylor. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it is just the the he occasionally makes like really stupid mistakes, and he looks a big daft galoot doing it. And I think that was used to stick out. He looks like a big donkey. So when he acts like a donkey, it, it kind of, it's like a confirmation bias. It sticks in people's minds so much more. But I don't actually think he's made that many mistakes since he came back to Aberdeen. Uh, he, he's had, he's probably had down periods of form where he's not played particularly well. But I know that for a lot of this season, he's actually played quite well. He's been a standout defender on, on a number of occasions. And it's just, he's kind of the real strengths of his game are just there to see his strength his aerial ability he's he's quite aggressive proactive he's a good kind of good kind of one-on-one defender as long as he doesn't get caught unless he kind of has to use his pace and then it becomes a bit of a problem he's he doesn't give the ball away an awful lot he knows his limitations his passing's terrible uh, but he mainly doesn't try to, to do much passing in terms of getting it forward or or, or, or attempted anything that's beyond them. So he doesn't give away an awful lot. He also wins it back. In terms of centre-backs for recoveries, he's third of all the starters I looked at their, their stats. And that's pretty impressive as well, to be third overall out of the entire league. It shows that he, he certainly... It's got, there's going to be other guys in this list as well. There'll be one that we'll get to probably quite soon. Where... You talk about the good points, and critics are like, "Yeah, but the mistakes, kind of thing." But you often wonder because defensive highlights, defensive highlights when they're not doing anything, like even spectacular defensive highlights, there's probably a flaw in it, like mm-hmm. a, like a like a brilliant last ditch saving tackle. Who's like, "Well, where were you? You know, in the in the in the you know the the twenty yards leading up to this this tackle? How did you not notice the danger earlier? Why were you not quicker to shut it down? We we see this we see this when we do a view from the terrace and we want to select the defender and trying yeah. to just like we're trying to come up with clips 
And you can't do that from highlights because very rarely, simply because when you watch highlights, you want to see chances and usually good defending doesn't involve any chances. And like you said, unless it's elastic, it's clearing to block off the line. So you have to go, you have to kind of go, go searching for it. Yeah. So Taylor, he doesn't, he doesn't make mistakes. He makes mistakes more often than Constantine and Hoban does. But in terms of his defensive impact from game to game, he does more than they two. And it's just kind of trying to find the balance of how many mistakes can you forgive? And I don't think he's made... Had it been his last... I think it was his last season at Aberdeen the first time around where he was just making far too many. And that really... That kind of got chased out of town and why when Aberdeen brought him back, fans were like, oh, for Christ's sake, I can't believe we're buying this guy again. But since he's come back this time, I really don't think he's been that bad uh, in, in terms of those errors. And I think he I think he deserves to be in this. He, gets, he still think he gets a hard time. And I did see a couple of Aberdeen fans saying after recent performances, especially since Tommy Hoban is... Tommy Hoban is somebody early in the season might have been in my top six and didn't even make my top 12 because he's just completely mm. fallen off a cliff in terms of yeah. his performances. And I've actually seen some fans say... That, Usually the caveat with I can't believe I'm going to say this, but but they have been saying we should bring Taylor back at the side. Yeah, it's, he is when he has a consistent ninety minutes. He's, he he does look in tight at times imperious. I go back to what I said about McCarthy and that as fans you want someone reliable, trustworthy who's not going to make you panic. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Ash Taylor. Ash Taylor ticks, ticks all those uh, all those boxes. Whether it is is fair or not, going by his um, can he, like recent uh, performance, but it's just that that uh, that history, yeah. <laughs> that history that sticks. Who's your number ten? My number ten. Sorry, uh, is Jason Kerr. Oh, I have him a lot higher. He's he's one of two St. Johnson defenders I have on this list. Okay, so only St. Johnson defender I have, which might upset St. Johnson fans, but forgive me when they find a placing for him. Oh, really? Okay, that's interesting. Jason Kerr is someone I I like a lot. So these next these next five six positions, six seven positions, they could just all be moved around. Yes, that the the it's it's one of those where it could be. Anyone could be a place anywhere. It's not, I don't think, a massive difference, except from uh, one who's an outlier. So Jason Kerr, I just I just really like him. And I think he is really, really important to the way St. Johnson play just because of his advances, advances out defence, whether it's uh, running without the ball, running with the ball, his passing, and just the way that St. Johnson play with the back three, I think it's crucial if he's over, overlapping or underlapping runs that they have this uh, kind of, the, we, we, we talked about it earlier, about players, sorry, centre-backs being reluctant to step forward. Kerr does that, and he, he kind of creates havoc when he does. Defensively, I think he's had uh, a very, very good season. And he is, so the two St. Johnson players I have, if I, if I was to pick my favourite, my favourite would be, would be Kerr. But um, I do think this, the, this other one's probably a bit more rounded. Okay. Uh, I definitely don't have the other one, uh, but we'll get to that when it arrives. My number nine is uh, kind of sticking with the Ash Taylor theme. It's uh, Hibs defender Ryan Porteous. And Okay, I've got, I've got him slightly higher. Yeah, and it's, again, similar kind of thing. It's Ryan Porteous has made, uh, after a fairly consistent start to the campaign, he's made a number of mistakes over the last two, three months. 
Uh, he, he looked like he couldn't have gotten over it, and then he made that howler against Livingston. <laughs> uh, which, to be fair, I think he's been his only one since he came back at the side. Uh, so he maybe is uh, improving on that end of it. That was that was a bit of a, a shocker, and he does certainly have those um, those kind of uh, mental kind of breakdowns, those brain farts, if you want to call them that, from time to time. But that's and again, it's it's a key thing. But it's really like the only weakness in his game. The only other weakness is his aerial ability, which isn't that strong. But even then, uh, because I looked at um, I done an article about him, I think last season, or at least I looked at him for something. And that was when I figured I first fell in love with Poachers because of everything he could do. But I noticed that aerially wasn't very good. But I think last season he was close to something like he was close closer to fifty percent. And I think this season he's. If not at 60, then at least closer to 60. So he's getting better. And there's no reason why he shouldn't be fairly good in the air, considering his, his height and his athleticism. It's obviously just one of those things where he just, he just needs to learn uh, how to engage with, with opposing forwards and, and how to to kind of outsmart them in those duels as well, as well as kind of overpower them with his strength. But if you look at other aspects of his game, no, no centre-back and no starting uh, centre-back in the Scottish top flight this season has had uh, has won the ball back more for his team. No centre-back has been fouled more by opposing strikers. Uh, he's he's fouled-to-foul ratio is the second best. He's, he's good dribbling with the ball. He ranks uh, in the top 10 for both dribbles per 90 minutes and uh, the, the success of those dribbles. He, he, plays, he plays aggressively, he plays in the front foot and He's quite fun to watch, and he's got a huge future ahead of him. Uh, there's just he for everything he should do. This is maybe this is the thing for him to kick on even further because with all his abilities, he should be top four. But he's I've got him ninth because mm. he just still make too many mistakes. Yeah, that that's fair. I've got him, got him slightly higher. I don't think I'll be able to add much to what what you said, but uh, yeah, we'll discuss him when I get him. Cool. Who's your number nine? My number nine is John Guthrie. Uh, again, higher, but only slightly. In fact, he's my next pick at eight. Yeah, so he was, I've been swelling between eight, kind of eight and nine for, for Guthrie. Again, similar similar to a, a lot of players in this, uh, this list when it when it came to deciding if they made them the top 12. Do I like them? And I like John Guthrie. I think he uh, has been a fantastic sign for Livingston, remembering that when he signed from Walsall, there was a lot of Walsall fans in the Livingston, uh, when they when they announced on Twitter, saying basically saying, good luck. I think he has been uh, one of their most, certainly in terms of top three most important players across the last two seasons. He's consistent at the back. Uh, decent in there, not as good as I thought he was, uh, not as good as uh, perhaps he could be. Yeah, he's only, about, he's only about average at that. Yeah, uh, which which surprised me. But he's one of those players who I think he, he reminds me of Christoph Berra at times, the good Christoph Berra before his injury against Celtic a couple of seasons ago when he arrived back at Hearts. And when the ball comes out of the box, he always seems to be in the right place at the right time. It almost seems like um, almost uh, almost like a magnet. That comes that comes to him. He clear like clearance uh, clears it and it blocks. He just gets on the road. And you have to uh, have to add the fact in that Livingston are a big part of their attack. And Arsenal was their set pieces, and he is such a danger in, in attack. So he he compared to others on the list is more of a goal threat as well. Oh yeah, yeah. And I wonder whether 
I don't think I'm. I don't think I care enough to find out. <laughs> but I'm quite intrigued. I've ever met a Walsall fan. I think I would ask. Uh, did you guys play with a high line, and did you expect your your centre backs to do a lot with the football? Because mm. then I could I could see why. And I think I don't know if he's been properly linked with Hearts or it's just somebody that a name that people have said. But that scares me a lot. I think if Hearts sign him, I think he'll be he won't play well. He'll be the next, especially the stick him alongside fucking Craig Alcott, like the same guy twice. Like uh, he's he's he's. He doesn't have a lot of pace, and he's not a particularly good footballer. That was why, that was why I had him as low as uh, eighth in mind because I did kind of think about putting him higher. And again, somebody, somebody that might have came into they could have voted, uh, voted uh, top five position, uh, but just the kind of limitations to his game that are that are hidden at Livingston uh, was why I why I had him a bit lower down. Yeah, I think he at the moment he is in the perfect place to get the best out of his qualities. Simple yeah. as that. Right, that was my number eight as well. So who's your number eight? My number eight. This is where, so between five, six, seven, eight, we just keep chopping and changing them. I have gone for, he probably probably should be should be higher, but I just don't think I'll bring myself to put him higher. And number eight is Paul Hanlon. Oh, no, I've got him higher. I've got him at seven. Yeah. So he, I think he has been... The, in general, since Hips have come back up to the, the Premiership, very, very good. Considering he had a reputation as being soft, had the reputation as being kind of easy to play against, easy to be bullied. I think he's come back up to the Premiership. Likewise, Stephen Louis Stevenson, although Hanlon, I think, is a bit more, uh, a bit more important to, to Hips on the field. That he's, he's, he's improved, can improve massively and. He's probably one of the one of the most proactive outside of the top two, one of the most proactive defenders in that stepping out, getting tight to the strikers, intercepting the ball, wanting to be um he's not standoffish. Hibs have two centre backs are both excellent at winning the ball back for the opposition. Yeah, yeah. In terms of in terms of in terms of ball recoveries, uh, Hamlin is one of the is one of the best in the league. Solid with the good in there. Good with the ball at his feet. I just I, again, he's a, he's another one who is. I wouldn't go as far as saying is excellent. I think he is a good, solid Scottish Premiership defender who has uh, a number of qualities and just is he's rounded and he's turned into a depend, dependable and reliable one as well. Which I a few years ago would would never have said. Yeah, and he was getting bullied off of any defender, any, any striker that had any sort of kind of physical presence about them. I don't think it's, it should never go off. He's, it's, it's always a, a blot on his career resume that he was once taken off in a game against Dundee United for Daniel Boating because he couldn't handle Nadir Chifchi. Yeah. <laughs> taken off for that. Uh, that boy who ended, uh, who ended up being an absolute huddy at like League One Airdrieonians as well. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not great. It's not a great memory for him, but he has... Um, He's certainly got a lot tougher since then. And yeah, yeah it, just I, overall, look at him now. He's just Mr. Reliable, isn't he? I think he is. He maybe epitomises that change in, well, I would say a change in culture at Hibs from being kind of soft, easy to play against to being a bit more, like I said, a bit more reliable, stronger, a bit more of a spine. Yeah. Right, so... We're kind of following each other here. So Hanlon was my seven. So that means we've got your seven again. Who have we got? 
my seven, I have gone. Now, um, if he had played more games, he would be much, much further up. Christopher Julian. Yeah, I've got him. I've got him higher up. I'm just kind of yeah. going. He was the one player I didn't even look at. I didn't. I didn't. I done my spreadsheet again for all the stats. I didn't even bother adding Julian to. He's only played 15 games. I like think a few of them were in Europe. Yeah. So I'm just kind of remembering the player for last year. So I've got him a bit higher. Yeah, uh, I've I've got him further down just because just because of his his lack of games, not because of his lack of quality. I mean, even before he even before his injury, there was there was one or two moments a season where it didn't look too clever. But it, in general, if Julian had stayed fit and they were able to play Julian and Ayer together, Celtic, the league wouldn't be wrapped up. Wouldn't have been wrapped up as quickly as, as it was. Yeah, aye. Um, or if they just played Welsh, you know. <laughs> They're just not signed Duff- Duffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so if they, if they made more competent def- uh, decisions defensively, Julian is someone who has got They've got all the qualities to be an uh, excellent centre half and perhaps the best in, in 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 Scottish football. Not played that much. It's tarnished with just being a Celtic player. So any Celtic player this season has been. I'd be like, do I have to put him on my list just because <laughs> he had such a disastrous season? But he does. He deserves to be there because he, he is he's good. He is he better than uh, my number my number six, my number five, my number four. I would say absolutely, but he is he is seven just because uh, just because he's, he's lack of games. Okay, so I do have him higher. So I'll go to my number six, which is the first Rangers player I've got on my list. I've got Leon Balligan. Now, I did swither quite a bit on Balligan or Hollander, and I think I came to the realization that. I do quite like Balligan in that Rangers defence, especially in a, a Scottish football setting. I think he's been the absolute perfect signing for what they needed. The problem with Rangers at times in the, the last couple of seasons under Gerrard, especially if they were missing uh, Barisic, or well, once Barisic became Barisic, that they could sometimes have somebody on the left who wasn't necessarily that great, like Andy Halliday, or somebody who was right-footed and also not that great, like John Flanagan. And then he would have Nikola Katic to the, to the left. And I don't have Katic on my list just because he's not played all season and because it was quite hard. I mean, if I was drawing up, a true, uh, if I was drawing up a true list, I probably would have put Katic in it somewhere. But again, it, I didn't, the fact that he's, I don't think, played at all this season, um, I, I, I wasn't going to just kind of show him in there with, with kind of more interesting players to talk about. But the reason that... So yeah, and I think that Balogun could have come in, signing for Wigan, coming into that team... And providing them with the something they were missing on that side of the field, because when you had Katic and you maybe had didn't have Barisic at left back, it just meant that opponents could just ignore that side of the pitch. Katic wasn't going to dribble out of defence and, and find or cut through them with a pass, and passing is pretty suspect in general. And it, it was a it was a problem. And then the same Balogun, Balogun could do that. Very well. He's uh, somebody who's comfortable with the ball at his feet, comfortable taking out, plays with a lot of poise, gets Rangers set up to attack. I, I think defensively, he's not as good as this other player. And while he's a bit more of the full package, and I've kind of re- rewarded guys that are a bit more of the full package, I do think that, it, and I talked about this last time when I was talking about kind of fullbacks, guys who are just in the kind of perfect positions to succeed. And I think Balogun does have that. And the fact that the guy, uh, Hollander, uh, I should just say, uh, 
I don't think he, I don't think the Rangers team suits him quite as much as it does Balligan, especially in, in a Scottish front. But he doesn't look any worse than him, and I think that must uh, that that should be rewarded. Have you got Helander on your list? Yes. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I don't know why I was like being all secretive about him. <laughs> yeah, it was Helander. I didn't think I had him on last year. I wasn't really impressed with him last year. I'm still, I still thinks about his game, but I don't. I wonder what he would look like in a worse team. Like, I wonder mm. what he looked like on Celtic this season. But uh, he has been very good, and Rangers fans seem to really like him, so I should probably take their word for it. Yeah, so I've, I've got Balogun slightly higher. So who's your number six? My number six is Ryan Porteous. Ah, even higher than me. You could have Sean coming after you now. <laughs> yeah. The mistakes. So this is, this. he's probably my uh, um, my Ash Taylor on this one. He's that uh, he does, he's made some, he's made some, there's a, there's a few goals this season where he's he's not looked too clever at all. I've probably gone in here for for potential for s- s- seeing something for a player that I kind of want to see and how uh, how he how he develops. I think he, I just really really enjoy his the way he approaches games. Yes, he um, has the dark heart side, which I think is excellent in a in a centre back aggression, combativeness, but I just really, really enjoy watching him pass the ball. When, when we talked, when we did the interview on uh, for the Patreon with him, I kind of talked about his, to use a, I think an NFL term, is, is packing, is, is is very good. Is, is what, sorry? Packing. Is that, that's when you, was, <laughs> I thought that's when you like, uh, like uh, uh, you, you made, you made a play and you missed loads of players. So if he passes it, he's taken out a, a, a lot of opposition players. I've never heard packing before. I'm sure I'm just going to Google it just now. <laughs> packing NFL. Uh, yeah, probably just made that up, I think. <laughs> no idea where I got that from. Anyway, the point still stands. Portius is very good at Are you passing. saying that he, he threads... Firmly and directly out of defence. Are you saying he like threads the ball through an eye of a needle? Mm. Like take it out opponents with it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So he, I mean, he, without being like, it doesn't have to be eye of the needle, but he does. He takes opponents out. He takes opponents out of the game with a lot of defenders. A lot of defenders will make the safe option pass into the defence midfielder, passing sideways to either the fullback or their fellow centre back. He'll bypass them and go straight to the striker, but not with a long ball. With a really sharp ball on the ground, I think like Christian Deutsch, for example, or Kevin Nisbet dropping off, have been good additions to Hibs for Porches. I do. Th- I am concerned about his um, aerial success rate, but again, he's, he's still young. It's like how, how many times you see it's defenders have to have mistakes, have to have aspects of game that they need to improve on. That's the case with Porteous, but I do think over the last few seasons, each season he's come back and looked a wee bit stronger, improved on certain attributes. Probably behind Doig will be the the, the, the player that will get Hibs a fair bit of money. Uh, yeah, well, certainly, yeah. Um, I think oh, Nisbet as well. Uh, Doig. No, no, I mean like... Oh, I mean, yes. <laughs> Nisbet will probably get the money as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had him a little bit further down, but nothing really much I can argue with there. My number five and the last non old firm player I've got on my list, but Jason Kerr, St. Johnson, number five, top five. 
I look at Jason Kerr and I think the things he could do as a defender, the all-round kind of game that he's got, he is the closest thing in this league uh, to uh, Christopher Iyer Jr. In, in terms of his ability to move with the ball, to, mm. to run forward, to to be become part of the attack, to help the attack, to help break down the opposition, to be that extra man coming forward that the opponents can't really game plan for because you'd, you'd be stupid to the game plan for the centre-half doing a lot of damage. Um, but he, he's excellent at that. He's also a very good defender in his own right. He, he just bounced back from... Was it last season he had a poor campaign? Or was it the season before? Yeah, I think, I think it was. It was. It was, yeah, it was. He's bounced back in style. I think he's been excellent a lot of this mm-hmm. season. Uh, he wins a lot of his individual battles. He's he, he's decent for, for winning the ball back in general. He doesn't get fouled. Uh, he doesn't give away many fouls, sorry, I should say. Uh, he's a very kind of calm head for somebody his age. And he's just got great potential. I can see why Johnson fans were a little bit miffed that he wasn't in the national team for the last one, especially when Declan Gallagher didn't even end up playing. He certainly had a much better season than Declan Gallagher. And considering that Declan Gallagher's only really had what, two seasons of playing at kind of a level that should attract interest from Scotland, then they could maybe feel hard done by if he's kind of, if Gallagher makes it to the Euros and Kerr doesn't, uh, because he's certainly been much, much better this campaign. Only really thing that lets him down, I would say, is that he's still. And I think this is something that will come better with age. He, he's in terms of he, he runs with the ball an awful lot, but he, he can give it away at times. He, he's still yet to find when to pick and choose his moments, and he's kind of as a result of that, and kind of as a result of being somebody who likes to get forward and play on the front foot so much, he can give it away with his passing as well. So he's he's responsible for giving the ball away a bit more than you'd want for a centre half. But then a lot of that is in the opposition third, so it's not like he's doing it a lot when he's like in a, in a two-man defence and put his team under immediate pressure. So it, it's not as much of a problem as that would be for centre-halves and other teams. Uh, I just think he's been outstanding in this campaign. And yeah, top five for me, ahead of a Rangers defender. How do you like them apples? I uh, There's not a lot I can complain, but like I said, Jason Kerr is... One of my favourite defenders in the league. I think he's got a great build, so athletic, and you can see that he's primed to go down south and do really well. I think he's set himself up to do really well down south, and no doubt at one point he's going to get a a Scotland cap. But my my number five is teammate Jamie McClart. Don't have him at all. <laughs> so yeah, really different on that one. So with. With uh, with McCart, I just think he is just a uh, incredibly under kind of goes under the under raid under the radar defender who is consistent, solid enough. He's still he's, he's actually younger than Jason Kerr, and you look at what he brings to St Johnston is that his passing is out of the three. So you've got Kerr who is more of the up and down. Defender drives out from the back, very athletic. Gordon is just your meat and potato stopper. And then McCarr, I think, is your brains at the back in the, the back three. I think he reads the game very well. Don't think he'll um he's one of those one of those players I think would do really well on the continent. Uh and it's not just with not just with his ability to pass out uh, from the back. I think he's one of the, the best in the league in terms of passes in the final third as a defender. But just his his ability to not get 
kind of dragged into physical battles to, but also not, not to stand off. He just kind of just analyzes, take a step back, and then defend from there. He is solid in there. I think he's better than Kerr in there. Um, I, I just think I, th- I think he has got. Um, I just think he's got really good attributes and a lot of. In a lot of areas you want from a, de- a defender, I think he's just so easy to watch uh, with the ball and without the ball. With the ball, uh, just to, his choice of passing, his ability with, with the ball in terms of passing, and then without it, the way he can cover space, the way he can intercept, the way he can win the ball back. Starting to think I maybe should have put him on the back end of my three instead of one of Shaughnessy, Welsh and Ash Taylor. <laughs> Johnson fans go, the fuck? Of course Ash Taylor. I'm sticking up for my boy Ash. You can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't waver this loyalty I have to this this Greek god of a man. Uh, well, I've not, I don't have him, but we can maybe, if we could try and figure out a top 12 at the end of this, uh, that combines our list, then yeah, he could probably go in the, the, the back. Oh, well, happily for him to go in the back end of this. <laughs> you have right. to remember, this is... Um, I mean, you obviously got you got care. This is this is a back three who have had to put up with Xander Clark behind them. <laughs> That's true. Huh? And managed that. to manage to drag the team into the top six and to a Betfred Cup uh, win. Uh, yep, that's fair. I did. Uh, Liam Jordan. Uh, Jordan. Liam Gordon was on my long list as well because he's had a pretty good season. But uh, just yeah, you know. I just I think he has compared to the other two years, his limitations. Yeah, has more limitations. So number four. Probably the first of two controversial selections I'm going to make here. Uh, number four, I've got Philip ha- Philip Han- Halander, which means he's behind Christopher Julian, which is probably going to annoy uh, any Rangers fans listening. Uh, even some Celtics fans might be saying I'm not too sure about that. But I, like I say, I just there's something with Halander I just don't quite see. I think he's a wee bit kind of plodding. There's not a lot of things that kind of stand out for me about him. Um, he doesn't, what they all say is he's very dependable. He very, very rarely makes any mistakes at all. Um, very solid positioning. Um, so, like, good anticipation. Does probably what you kind of want in a defender in a number of ways. His lack of pace, it concerns me a little at times. He's, don't think he's particularly great on the ball. And I do think that Julian just brings a kind of overall package. And again, you know, swap them round. He put, Julian on a, on a Rangers, do they get any worse? I don't think so. Do you put um, Hollander on a, on a Celtic? Does he play as well? Definitely not. Uh, does Celtic get better or worse? I don't know. I think it's a close run thing between the two. I think maybe Julian's just kind of physical attributes, the fact that he's, he's quicker off the ground, he's a bit more comfortable with the ball his feet, <clears throat> he's a bit more bigger and a bit more dominant. I think all of those just, just had me with Julian ahead of him. Um, but it, again, it's, it's, it's a close one. Again, I'm just not I'm not Hillander's biggest fan, uh, but I have to tip my hat and say he's been very good this season. And, and like I say, he, he's just he just doesn't make mistakes. And I've probably as I've, as you've maybe judged the theme for this, I've maybe gone too high on players who do make mistakes in terms of defenders. Hillander doesn't, <laughs> so maybe I should have had him number one. Uh, but yeah, he's just there's no doubt that he's still a very good player. When I'm when I'm being harsh on saying I'm not a big fan, obviously. If, Heart signed him, I'd be absolutely fucking delighted. And if he was playing for St. Johnson or Aberdeen, he'd look amazing as well. I'm kind of talking in, in terms of, you know, calibre of Rangers players. Um, but he's, yeah, and I think I've said everything there is to say. 
So I've got uh, I've got I've got three Rangers players that are my next four, and uh, <laughs> the, the the first is the first is Leon Balogun. I just is look. I think he is. Can I add much to what you, what you said? No, not really. Is he uh, is he a just just a good defender playing for the the champions? The the type of defender they needed because they've obviously had. Uh, Conor Goldson and like you alluded to, they've they've they've, they've kind of Gerard does like to mix and match, and I think they finally got the the right balance in terms of the the squad depth at centre back. Liam Balogun has been uh, been crucial. To that he has been. <laughs> I don't think he was he was never going to trouble the top three for me, just because I think he more than. Uh, the my top three has uh, erratic moments. I think he had a game against Aberdeen earlier on in the season where he just he just didn't look didn't look too clever. But in general, I think he is quick enough. He is strong enough, decent, good in the air, and overall, I just think he has been a a good signing by by Gerard to help Rangers get onto 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 the next level. He's not been been the most crucial uh, the crucial signing, but the fact they've given him uh, they've given him a new deal, haven't they? Yeah, he yes. signed, uh, signed a new deal. Uh, I think I think I think says a lot. Will he go down as one of uh, Rangers? Well, in in recent years, he go down as one of Rangers' best uh, centre backs. But like going back to what the mid nineties, early early noughties, he's he's not gonna. He does doesn't pull up trees. He he does the job for Rangers and does the job that they've exactly what they've uh, what they needed from. Right. So who's your number four? My number three was Julian. Who's your number three? My number three is Christopher Ayer. Oh no 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 no! I've got higher. Don't tell me about number one. I've got Christopher Iyer number one. He's had he's he's had, he's had a really poor season. No, by he's his not. Standards. He's not. He's been Celtic's probably been Celtic's best player this season. I was so basically. I think well said uh, Turnbull, but actually maybe Turnbull. Yeah, I'm good. Second best player this season. I think I was swithering between two and three. Two. He, the reason he would have got two is because I really like him, and I think he has. He is one of those players who has everything, everything in him to be the absolute top, and go to the absolute top. Sorry, but there's just it's been this season. It's a hard one, Judge, because has he been impacted by the the problems at Celtic, or is he been one of the problems? Uh, one of the many at, at Celtic, just the, the the lack of consistency, not getting up to the standards, the heights that I expect. I expect of him that these attributes kind of uh, insist that he should be. Remember I mean, he's th- quick. He's quick. He's strong. Great in the air. Great with the ball at his feet. Like he, he's generally got everything. He should be. Uh, he should be the obvious person to be number one here. But I just, I just think he, like many others at Parkhead, have just simply. Well, you made a, you made a enough. similar point about the St. Johnson guys. But remember, the St. Johnson guys at least have the three of them. Christopher Ayer, throughout this entire season until recently, when when Welsh has been a kind of decent deputy to him. He's played with an absolute joker, some sort of joker alongside him, or Julian just coming back to fitness and then being injured again. Uh, and usually with a, a fullback to, the, to either side of him who's not been good enough, uh, especially like if you're talking like Jeremy Frimpong in terms of uh, his defensive abilities. 
Uh, then and, and I are often getting played on the left of the of the four because they've got a left sided centre half. There's also the fact that the goalkeeper has <laughs> been a disaster all season as well, and just the general kind of crapness around the club. And for, to deal with all that and still be their second best player over the season, I think I think shows the quality he has. I just think he's. If I was a club coming in to sign one one centre half of Scottish football, I would want Christopher Iyer. Yes, I would. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And so that's why he was number one for me. I wasn't just rating him on this season. If it was this season alone, he wouldn't be number one. Um, but uh, he's... But the, uh, yeah, just, just for what I said there, I think just in terms of ability overall, I just think he's the best centre-half in the league. And he's also the, the one that's most fun to watch as well. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably move... More talking about him, I would have a number one just because uh, how, how poor Celtic have been this season. And that's... You you make good points about what's what's happened around them, but even still, there's been there's been just just simple defensive aspects with these. He's, he's been found wanting, and I just find it I find it difficult to put a Celtic centre back as number one in the list of top twelve <laughs> uh, Scottish Premiership centre backs this this season. When it's not this been, season though, it's right now. Whenever even right now, even, <laughs> even right now. Remember, we've got Christopher Julian on our list. He's not exactly going to be top of this season. That's true. That's true. Uh, right. So that was. So yeah, I said my number three. You said your number three was IR. My number two is Connor Golson, who will be your number one. Yeah. So I, th- I think you, to touch on Helen there, I think you've been been very harsh on me. Yeah, I, I agree that he is. He does look plodding. He's just a defender who's not very quick. He's quite quite slow in the turn. But I would people be rolling their eyes because uh, compare him to kind of Hearts, uh, Hearts player. Um, well, they're a better shout. I'd how could shout. So. <laughs> yeah. Can I, for me, there's kind of an Andy Webster feel about him. Is that he's he's just he's he's a kind of stroller. He just, yeah. he, he just, he does make defending. He does make defending look really easy at times, and I, I do like that balance with, uh, with with him and Goldson. I think it's telling that he's he's putting some cracking performances on the European stage because I mean he's a Swedish international. He's played in Serie A, so he has that kind of has has that experience. Whereas I think I think you're right. It's if if Rangers were um, weren't as good. And had more pressure put on them in the Scottish Premiership. Would they find the kind of rough and tumble a bit more difficult to to deal with, uh, perhaps? Because I, mean, I think am I right in saying that Dykes, before he went down to QPR, gave or was that last season? Gave him a real um, a, a real going over. Probably would have been last season. Would have been last season, but yeah, it's, this season consistent good. I think the, the, the uh, Rangers fans have thought he was he, he was excellent. So um, he's not let them down. Good player. Yes. Uh, so that's Holanda, you've said, yeah? Yeah. Right, so Conor Golson, I mean, it's just like, Holanda's not made, barely made any mistakes this season, and Golson the same, uh, barely makes any mistakes at all, like in, in, in terms and, of goals, but also in terms of like giving the ball away, barely ever gives it away. Uh, always, despite the fact he's the one, usually in the defence, who is kind of trusted to kind of start attacks more. He, he always seems to, <clears throat> never seems to give it to opponents. Uh, can actually move with the ball uh, himself. Doesn't maybe do it as much as he could do, but uh, is good at running with the ball. Uh, is good in the air. Uh, can pass well. Uh, doesn't get 
doesn't give away a lot of fouls, gets fouled a lot himself. It's pretty much just about anything you want, really. There's 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 two there's two main reasons why I chose him as as number one. Firstly, you talked about his passing, his his long range passing is, is is sublime at times, and I think that again that is. That's massive for Rangers this season to open up teams to that kind of switch a player, drop the ball over, um, drop the ball over fullbacks or, or, or midfielders to get in, get teammates into space. I think it's absolutely massive, especially when for Rangers space is so important in the in the attacking uh, kind of midfield, midfield and attacking thirds. He does that. He does it so well and consistently as well. Like I say, he doesn't even with with all that, he doesn't give the ball away all that often. Secondly, is I think he's he's probably one of the players who's benefiting most from a crowd not being in. I think he is he, he's come on without all that kind of distraction, and I think he's turned into basically. He's, I think he's Gerard's voice on the pitch. Yeah, uh, I think he is. Wouldn't go as far to say as like a, a second coach, but I think he he his communication is massive to keep them organised, to keep them switched on, and. Obviously, Tavernier's captain, but at Rangers, they I think there's there's like kind of five captains uh, who there's there's a group of five of them. Golton is one, and he out with the ball, kind of away from the actual football side of things. I think he's he's really important on the pitch. Right, that's uh, that's both our lists now. Let's uh, come up with a top twelve. I've managed to write, write one out, but there is um, there is one uh, rock paper scissors we need to do. You're cheating cool. a bit because you're in the dark, but. <laughs> See if we can do it. So this is for Ash Taylor or Andy Considine. Okay. Right, ready? Right, on three. One, two, three. Ah, no, you beat me again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had scissors to Craig Fowler's paper there. <laughs> so the top 12. Number 12, we've got Andy Considine. Number 11, since you said you had an initial I just decided to pick him. Joe Shaughnessy. Yep. Number 10. I've gone for Jamie McCart at 10 because he wasn't on my list, but he was on yours. Okay. Uh, John Guthrie at nine, Ryan Poitras at eight, Paul Hanlon at seven, Jason Kidd at six. He's very high on mine, and he was about 10th, 11th on yours. 10th, right. yep. William uh, Balogun at five, Christopher Julian at four, Philip Hollander at three, Chris Fryer at two, and Conor Olsen at one. Does that seem like enough kind of crossover and compromise there? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, with these with these lists, I always come out with it thinking, um, I think it's almost a good, um, it's, let's go as far as saying it's cathartic, but uh like looking back on your list, it's uh, talking it through, it would definitely be changing. Jason Kerr, for example, would be uh higher up than than probably Guffrey and Hanlon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe I should have had car higher as well. Oh fuck it. <laughs> I won't I won't be losing sleep on it sleep over it until I get uh, messages of abuse and then I'll I'll cry myself to sleep. Yeah, well so Joseph Rudd's got two messages, so two players mentioned, so they, they should they should uh be quiet. Yeah. And I would need fans hate their team right now, so they won't be bored either. Right. Thank you very much, Joe, and thank you to everybody for listening. Be sure to join us again when Monday show rolls around. And of course, check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast, where, well, it's just there for either $2 a month or $5 a month. There's hours of content to fill the, the holes that are left by us when we're not doing main shows. So be sure to subscribe. Joe, say goodbye. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.